Hello and welcome to Renewing Your Mind, a web-based ministry of South Bay Community Church located in Fremont, California. It is our prayer that today's broadcast will be a blessing to you. Let us prepare our hearts to hear the word of the Lord. I normally am am, uh, cautious about preaching and speaking into current events as they're unfolding because I, I just often feel like it's beneficial for me to have some space and time to reflect before I, I try to speak on things. But not only was this an interesting week for some of the commentary, but it is also the weekend of uh, Dr. King's birthday. And so we have the celebration of his holiday uh, tomorrow. And, and so those two things kind of converged as I was preparing for the word for today, and, and they, they fit right in to what I want to talk about is what it means to be part of the family of God. And, and so I, I, wanna, I want us to think about family as, as a gift of God, but also the source of our identity. I would say a large part of who we are and how we act and how we navigate through this world is is shaped, is formed, is, is probably poured into us by our family. And and that phrase that says, you know, we are products of our environment. Well, the largest product environment of influence is is our family. And I think God honors families. As a matter of fact, I believe that the family unit is God's primary way of, of, of translating the Bible from one generation to another. I think God loves families. I think he designed families. I think he, he wants us to, to be fruitful in our families. And so when we think about family, it's always on the top of our priority list. We, we spent a little time last week talking about goals and resolutions or priorities for 2018. And if I went around the room and I asked you, so what's important in your life? What are the things that you want to make sure that in 2018 you are investing and developing and growing in? I'm sure for every single person, if it's not number one, it would certainly be very near the top that family is a priority for each one of us. And, you know, you'll even hear, I I think I've even may have preached it myself, that our first ministry is to our families. That it's important that before we start doing all of these other glorious things, that we are mindful that we are caring and loving our family. And I think all of that is true. And, And so I believe in this premise of family first. And and a lot of us, you know, have different ways of saying that. Blood is thicker than water. And, you know, take care of your own. And even the Bible talks about honoring our mother and father. So these are biblical principles. But I, I would argue that it, it's important to understand that family comes first when we grasp what is the first family. <laughs> Let me say that again. Family is first, but that's most biblical when we understand what the first family really is. Let me give you the summation of all I'm going to say. I will say that your new name is more important than your family name. You have been given, once you became a follower of Christ, it says you've been given a new identity. You've been given a new birth. You are a a brand new creation. Your, Your new name is written in the Lamb's book of life. You are in God's family. 
And he wants that to be very important to you. And again, I, I want to say that I, I want to I maybe stretch us out of our normal ways of thinking about it. I mean, we, we just came out of Christmas season, and we were thinking about probably family. We were cooking for family and buying gifts for family and taking care of family. And I would dare say that for the vast majority of us, our thoughts about family were confined to biological. And that is a a very important unit that we are part of. But I, I would say that it's not the first family that you are a part of. Let me give some biblical exposition as we get to this. My first reader, John chapter 1, verses uh, 12 and 13. Would you read that for me, please, brother? And Yahweh reads, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Yeah. I, I want us to catch that. You were not a result of your mother and father happening to get together at some point in time. You are not, as maybe some scientists would have us believe, a random collection of atoms traveling through time and space and just happen to bump into each other at a certain point in time. The Bible says that you are a child of God, called by him, designed by him, brought into creation by him, by his will, by his design. It had nothing to do primarily with what a man and a woman thought of. God designed you for such a time as this. He called you his own, and once you received him, you became a part of his family forever. <laughs> see, see the, the, the family that he says that, that you are ordained to be part of isn't your biological, it's your spiritual family. He is your spiritual father, and he has called you to be his child. Let me give another verse from Revelation chapter 7. Sister, if you would read 7 and 9 from the book of Revelation. standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. Welcome to a glimpse of our divine family reunion. This is what God is saying the family looks like. It's not people from our own physical geography. It may not even be people who speak our own language or have the same cultural background we do. We are a spiritual family spanning time, spanning religion, uh, spanning um, uh, geography, spanning culture, spanning language. We are spanning the globe. And God has said, all of the multitudes of your cousins that you can't even count, we will all be together worshiping God at the foot of the throne. And this is the family that I have birthed you into. And this isn't an afterthought. This isn't something, oh yeah, it's kind of nice to think about. What I'm saying is that which family defines your identity primarily? We have all inherited things, some good, some bad, from our biological family. 
We've got health conditions, that we had genes that are playing, a, playing out their own uh, genetic code. We've got habits, and we've got ways of viewing the world. We've got political positions. All of these things are influenced by our family of origin biologically or where we grew up. But God is saying there is another family that is primary to that family. Above your culture, uh, above your country of origin, uh, above your uh, personality and above your things that have been uh, traditionally handed down from cultural norms and tradition, God said, I have birthed you into my spiritual family, and I want you to place that first in your hearts. And honestly, we have trouble doing that. We struggle with that. And, 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 and I, and I, and I want to say that when we struggle with that, we have a hard time understanding how to respond to the things that happen to us in this life. How to, how to stay focused on the things of God and that we may speak truth and that we may, re, we may react and we may act out the kingdom manifestation in this broken world because we flip around which family is priority. And Jesus makes it very clear. Let me give you one more example. And, and this is maybe the most challenging scripture, one of the most challenging verses in scripture. Let me give it to you from Matthew chapter 12. Let me tell you what's going on. Jesus is doing ministry. He's healing people, he's, he's uh, doing miracles, he's teaching, he's explaining the kingdom. People are, are being healed and saved, and he is working day and night. He can't even find a time to rest. He can't, even, he can't even get away with his friends. He can't even just take a day off. There are multitudes literally chasing him around the Sea of Galilee. Everywhere he goes, and he's worn out, he's tired, he's physically trained. And his mother is concerned about him. His brothers think he's crazy. They don't really believe this whole Messiah thing. I mean, you have done some amazing things, but let's not get carried away and say you're the Messiah. But you're my brother, so I care about you. So the story is setting up that his brother and his mother come, and the Bible says they're going to seize him. They're going to take hold of him, take him away from this chaotic pace of life, get him to sit down for a little while. To get, to, get, to get away from all of this crazy pace he's running. They're coming to help with great intentions. They care about their son. They care about their brother. And they're coming to take him away from all of this incredible pace of life that he's living. And they show up. And Jesus doesn't go outside. Now, I, I, I want, this is real practical. This isn't spiritual. Your mama is outside the door. And says, boy, girl, come on out here so I can talk to you. And you're like, no. Mama, I'm busy right now. We're not going to do that. There's no way. This is real, practical. He, he's inside. He's teaching. He's healing. He's, he's doing the business that God has called him to. And his mama and his brothers are literally trying to say, we are the priority. We are calling you to respond to your biological family of origin. Come out from what you're doing and be with your family. Do you understand? I'm, this is literally what's happening. This isn't a metaphor. They're saying, boy, get out here right now. Jesus <laughs> looks at them and says, who are my mother and my brothers? He's making this very clear for everyone around here, which family is going to be the priority? 
Is it going to be my mama and my brothers, or am I going to be connected to the spiritual family that my Father in heaven has called me to be part of and do the work of the kingdom that he has assigned me? What's my priority? It can't be more clear. And by the way, we come to the same point of conflict all the time. What do you do when your kingdom family and your biological family, your social family, your circle of friends family, your work family, when these other families are competing with the agenda of the kingdom, what is your priority? Jesus makes it very clear. He looks at those who are seated around him. Mama's still outside. She can't get in. Mama can't get in. He looks at those that are seated around him and says, here, in the midst of my father's presence, in the midst of me representing and doing the work of the kingdom, here is my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and my sister and my mother. My kingdom family is the most important family in my life. That's challenging, isn't it? That's not saying that God doesn't care about... Of course he loved Mary. Of course he loved his brothers. Of course he's honoring them. That's not what he's saying, but he's saying when push comes to shove, my identity and my purpose flows from my primary family, which is from my identity in my Father in heaven. And he wants us to do the exact same thing. And I, I really want us to wrestle with that. I really want us to say that when we are traveling through this life, when we are coming face to face with issues that conflict us, that, that, that challenge us, what is your identity source that you are choosing upon which you will base your actions? I mean, think about it. Had Jesus listened to his mama in them right there, we would have lost a lot of the Bible. <laughs> they were pulling him away from the ministry that he was, he hadn't gone to the cross yet. He, he, hadn't, he hadn't taught all that he was going to teach. He hadn't explained the kingdom. They were pulling him away from the ministry. And he could have said, well, that's mama. I better go and do what mama says. But he chose the better thing. And he set an example for us to prioritize the family of God. And so here's what I want us to get a picture of. Do you realize that there may be somebody who's on the other side of the globe right now? wearing way different clothes, doesn't even speak the same language you do, and they are closer to you as a brother or sister than someone that you are biologically related to. That's what that means. That as much as I care, as much as I yearn to see them grow, as much as I yearn to see them flourish, as much as I yearn to, to support and pray for them, that there are people in my spiritual family that deserve that same amount of attention as the ones that are in my biological family. God said, care about this family and allow that to be the source of your identity as you live this life. And so I, I spent a little time on that because I really wanted to drive that home. And if we go back to the scripture, here's what he says. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. That wasn't just a calling into a relationship with Jesus. It was a calling to be part of the body that he has created here on earth. We do this life together. We do this life with our spiritual brothers and sisters. We go through the ups and downs of life. And how do we treat each other? It says, humbly and gently be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. That's what the nature of our relationship is. That's why our family looks like different from any other family. We're not perfect. But this should be the character of the family of Christ. Which, by the way, is the best evangelism witnessing program we got. 
You want to reach somebody who's far away from God? You want to reach somebody who's, who's carrying the weight of the world? Show them how much love exists in the family of God. Tell the story about how brothers and sisters have cared for you, stood by you, uh, uh, cleaned up after you, fed you, took and take you to hospital, how they've been there and you were there for them. Show them how the love of God's family is different. Maybe they've never seen that in their biological family. Maybe they got no picture about people loving and sacrificing for each other. And God is saying, in case your biological family didn't have it right, I put you in this one first, that you may be connected to me and that together you can manifest what my perfect love looks like, not just in heaven, but even right now. Let his kingdom come. Let his will be done as we live out the family of God together here on earth. Now, all that was the introduction to what I was trying to say. (laughs) But I I wanted us to wrestle with that because I realize we tend to not think of that family first. And as I look at what's been happening over the last week, as as I look at the comments that have come from our president, I've, I've had a couple different reactions. A lot of people are reacting a lot of different ways. And And what I would offer up is that you can tell who their first family is by how they're responding to what's been said. (laughs) So let me say it this way. If someone is not a follower of Christ and is not entered into the family of God and is not allowing God to have the headship over their life, then I'm not surprised when they are not uh, living by the same values and priorities that people of God have. And so there's no reason to be surprised when somebody who isn't a follower of Christ doesn't act like a follower of Christ. They're doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. So that's not the problem. When those who are far away from God are speaking and talking and teaching, their value system should cause some conflict in the life of those who are believers. So my issue isn't with uh, a person or leader who has never really professed Christ or proclaimed Christ. My issue is with the people of God who are co-signing on things that stand against the word and the values of God. That's what my reaction was. And so, so I, would, I, would, I would say that, and I see people who, who are pastors, I, didn't believe, I mean, people who are doing what I'm doing right now, they got a microphone, they teaching this morning. Standing up and saying, well, you know, hey, just say hey, it's the wrong word. We shouldn't use that word. What do you mean it's the wrong word? It's the wrong mindset. It's the wrong belief system. It's the wrong valuation of a whole continent of people. And so here's, here's what I would have to say, that what that demonstrates is that there is another family that is, that is trumping, if I could use that word, trumping the value system of the spiritual first family that God has called us to be part of. And if I'm operating from inside this confine, then I will view and react and respond in ways that represent the value system and the beliefs of my heavenly father. 
And so for me, all the issues that people are arguing and back and forth and said this and didn't say this in semantics, the issue that has bubbled up to the top is that there is a, a premise, regardless of what words were used, that whole groups of people, because they do not have economic value to our system, are therefore not valuable or useful in a community with us. That's the issue. I, I want us to see that most of the time when we're talking about stuff, we're talking about money. That's what we're really talking about. It's not do I agree or disagree with these people being in the country. It's that those people are here and they broke and they're going to take the resources that I want access to and I'm going to have to pay for it. They mess with my money. I don't want them around. It's about money. The policies, the country is built around economic decision making, which is not the value system of the kingdom. Now, we have to have some types of laws. I'm not arguing policy. I'm not saying the issues aren't real. I'm not saying there aren't limited resources that we have to figure out how to maintain. But you got, you got you know, DACA issues, immigration issues, racial issues, gender issues. You got all of these issues out there. And all I'm saying is that as we approach those, I will never stand up here and tell you what to think, who to vote for, how to act. But I will constantly challenge us. Am I basing my decisions from a framework that my 